0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nia's podcast on adulting, feministing, and the universe. And it went like this. That time I went to Sweden during a pandemic, I was sad. Like many others, my family lives in Sweden and I was here, in London. The two-week lockdown became three months. I had a sudden stab in my heart where I felt more disconnected from my family. My passport had expired and my provisional license was expiring too. I felt like I had lost my identity... I'd lost my work, that was my everything, and my family was beyond my reach. Would it be three more months, six more months, or a year? The room seemed to shrink, and the pain inside just grew. So when we were allowed out, when the embassy opened, when I managed to get an appointment after weeks and weeks and weeks of always missing out, even though the email said that there would be new appointments between 9am and 5pm every Friday. But it didn't say when. When I got there and my knees were all expired... When the embassy lady said it was fine because of the pandemic. All the driving license had been extended. When I got my passport a week later, when I called my mum and when I booked the tickets. And then when I flew to Sweden two days later, when I didn't know if it constituted as an essential trip according to the government. But it sure as hell felt like this trip was going to save me. I believe it did. As a side note, Sweden never had a full lockdown. The older population had to stay at home and nursing homes were on lockdown. Except for the people working in the in the nursing homes so the uk maybe also the whole of europe was and maybe still are not super excited about sweden but when the pubs opened and people flew to italy and greece and spain and france i thought that this is ridiculous i am going The journey, it wasn't that bad. The bus had only three people on it and the driver behind the screen, the airport. That was a lot busier than I ever imagined and people seemed to relax and take off their masks and eat some food and drink some water and some people wearing them and some people not. I disinfected my hands every 10 minutes. I kept my mask on. I flew with British Airways and it was clean and spacious. I had my whole row free. My time in Sweden, I could breathe. Not just only because of the pollution in London, but I could breathe. The pain got soft and I removed it. Or, well, my family did. I spent my first night eating Swedish pickled herring requested by me. It's eaten with homegrown new potatoes and sour cream on hard bread. Knäckebröd. To not forget the snaps, super strong herby alcohol in the little snaps glass, and with a beer. It used to be the food of the poor, but somehow it's become the most Swedish, and what we eat when it's celebration. Like midsummer, or when a long-lost daughter comes home. First week and a half I spent with my mother skinny dipping in the lake sitting in a greenhouse and lying in the hammock under the cherry tree the sun would glimmer through the branches and the cat would be stroking my legs begging for food i could feel myself cleaning out the wounds <laughs> second week i spent with dad swimming in the ocean, floating in the quarry next to his house. The days were hot, but the summer evenings were warm and we would sit talking and looking at the shooting stars. We went and got my boyfriend from the airport, holding him tight and showing him my Sweden, the one that's in my childhood dreams and where the politics can't reach us. I think he loved it. We felt like the best versions of ourselves. I felt myself tending to my wounds. Then we spent a week up north in the mountains with my mum and her man. Where Our only other company were reindeers and the little fish in the rivers where we swam against the currents. Where the nights are shorter and the memories sweet. Except that one where I cried on a mountain after my phone dropped into the mountain floor consisting of very big hard rocks. But that day, that day... When we climbed a 999 meter high over the sea level or whatever, mountain overlooking Norway and Sweden and a beautiful lake. And I proposed to Kyle. Except he hijacked it and he did it first. And then also I did it. And then we were both down on our knees, and my mom was crying in the background, and we kiss, and the world around us is the most beautiful I have ever seen. And this is the best moment of my life, our lives. He who has always been mine, and I his. I felt myself healing. We had one last wonderful weekend, my mum's on the countryside. We saw other loving family and they rejoiced in our news. We toasted to our good lives and had mental crayfish party. Another strange but beautiful tradition from a bewitchingly lovely upbringing. Tradition seeps into every crevice and crack, and love, and sweet summer nights with snaps. No one can resist them. The last goodbye to my grandparents, and they're not understanding why we aren't letting them roam the world free. Why were the trip cancelled? On the inside I whispered so that you will be here when I come back. I was healed. But I was scared that the wounds would reappear once I was back in London. I cried because I was leaving. My flight was cancelled but Kyle's wasn't. And I had made him buy a ticket that changed flight in Edinburgh, so this was karma. And then I cried again, because I couldn't afford a ticket. How was I going to get back to my loved one? Everyone calmed me down and I managed to book another ticket home. Now I'm back in London. And I feel like I left the piece behind. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the memories, because I swore I packed them and my bag was so heavy. It must be true. So, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Anyone like this podcast. If you enjoy my talk today, please write me. Please let me know your stories. Please, please. Everything was recorded and produced and edited by mm, yours truly, Linnea Kempe. That's me. You can find my email address and it went like this podcast at gmail.com and on social media my tag is and it went like this podcast because you know let's keep it